This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Kelsey gets there. Another good kick from him, and here's Houghton now. Houghton going past one man, finding Wagstaff. Wagstaff turning well, setting up Chilton. Well, I forgive you. Hi, everyone. <laughs> you just caught us mid-conversation. We are a bit live. But obviously, as you will have seen on Twitter, uh, we have just had a bit of good news in uh, while Will's doing some weird dance in the top corner there. Because um, some lads just signed a contract. <laughs> yeah, so obviously to put an end to all the transfer speculation for a certain Jacob Greaves, um, it has just been confirmed by the club that he's signed a four-year contract with the club option of a fifth. So he's going nowhere anytime soon. Um, first reaction to that, I imagine we're all very happy. Yeah, Good, very sensible. Rock hard. And then obviously, uh, as an even better welcome bonus, we didn't even know he was coming on. We've got Joel on for the first time in God knows how long. My guest. Yes. Everyone say hi to Joel. I'll put Hello, Joel. Nice to meet you. you. Know like. <laughs> um, right, so Hello. before we get started, obviously this is uh, episode 55 of the Tull and Back podcast. Uh, we are sponsored by Six Yards Out, your home for retro memorabilia. Uh, you can get customised phone cases, cushion covers, posters, Anything like that that works, just go to www.sixyardsout.com. Uh, I think they've got a 4.2 out of 5 star rating on Trustpilot, so you know you're getting something good there. Um, and then we are also sponsored by Payson's Bar, uh, the place to be for your pre-post-match day beers. Uh, make sure you're on there on a match day, soak up the atmosphere, and uh, maybe drink for commiserations or to en- enjoy a win. Uh, so, obviously, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, news straight away then, obviously, because Jacob Grieve signing is huge news. It's a player that we obviously wanted to keep hold of. Um, and definitely did not want to lose to a championship rival, although I don't think that was ever on the cards. Um, what kind of what what do we think that's going to give uh, the dressing room a bit more of a lift uh, ahead of West Brom? Uh, we'll go to Joel first because we've not heard from Joel in a long time. Joel, uh, yeah, I think having the vice captain re-sign it just shows where the club's going because over recent years we've not been able to tie down our best players. So Jacob Greaves is now a player we can say. Right, he's going to be with us on our journey back to the Premier League because we'll be in the Premier League within five years. I've no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is with Greaves is he's he's, he's on that similar incline to like what Bowen and KLP did, whereas every season he plays, he seem you can see that steady improvement in him. I think the beginning of the season last year, it kind of took him 
I mean, we had quite a relatively poor squad, so <clears throat> we were definitely under the cosh quite often. So you're going to look quite poor as a defender. But I think he had, he was a little bit mistake ridden at the beginning, but finished the season so strongly and assuredly and started this season amazingly. Um, do we think, um, do we think it's a future captain in the works, Nathaniel? Do we think he's a, he's a, he's a one well, club man? Well, he's already the vice captain. So I thought, you know, was perhaps uh, there was a debate maybe. If Coyle's the captain because he's a you know a good hole defender, he's you know from Hull, then Greaves could also have been there, um, and yeah, hopefully um, he does stay for you know the uh, duration of the contract up to five years. Which you know I think that's really great. We've signed Fleming and Greaves down to long term contracts. It's really good to have these young players in the team to either you know grow into even a better player so they can get us promoted. Um, uh, this year or an, another year, but then also um, so we don't lose out their value because Greaves and Fleming are going to be worth a whole lot more in a year or two time. Um, and, you know, hopefully we could have done that with Lewis Potter as well um, because, I mean, just today we've seen Morgan Gibbs-White, the same sort of player, same sort of level perhaps as Lewis Potter for about three times the price going to Nottingham Forest. So hopefully, yeah, I mean... Um, Regardless of where, whether we're selling him or he's playing for us, it's fantastic to have Greaves for at least another year, hopefully many more. Yeah. Um, I think it's strange. Well, it's a nice thing to say. I say it's strange. It's just something we're not used to quite often. I think one of the biggest issues with the Alams in the past was that contracts used to be left right until the last moment. Um, so players' futures had probably already been decided by the time they, they got weren't right good enough either. Contract. Contracts. Yeah, or... Yeah, and, they, and what they offered was pittance. So um, quite a welcome bonus that we've managed to tie down a player just at the beginning of the season, already played a couple of games kind of thing. Um, bit of a statement of intent, Will. Would you agree with that? Just a bit. Um, I mean, when you say he's going to be a future captain, do you mean Hull City or England? Because well, hopefully I mean, both. I don't know what to say. I'm, 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 like, I'm like Nathaniel whenever Longman has a good game. I'm just... I'm speechless. I'm, I'm so happy that my my, my favours finally actually signed the contract. I was actually getting a little scared that he might Same. not sign the contract because it was going so long. And speechless. I mean, it's, it's, it's a boost for everyone. It's, it's a massive boost for everyone, and it's a statement of intent from the owners as well that right we we're going to give him what he wants. We know yeah. what he's worth. I think the the thing is with Greavesy is now that it's like four with an option of a fifth. I mean, realistically, I'd, we we probably weren't going to lose him anyway because obviously we had the option next year anyway. So probably not this summer. No, no, no two two years. Well, maybe the summer would have been an issue because obviously January might have been the issue last year. Yeah. Um, well, no, because you don't want to. It's similar to KLP, isn't it? Because he he was in the last of his. Um, You've got, you have that to and fro, don't you? Where you either sell the player for as much as you can get him in the summer, or you wait till his value decreases a bit six months down the line in January. You get that crossroads deal. Do you sell him in summer for a bit more or lose him for a bit less later on? But the thing is, with Greaves, obviously, with us having next year, we'd have definitely had him this season. Uh, I thought maybe he'd sign at the end of the year, depending on where we were, you know, realistically, if we was challenging the top six or if we'd somehow faltered a bit and, and, and finishing in the lower mid-table, he might then make a different decision kind of thing. But the fact that he signed at the beginning of the season, I think, says to me, 
uh, that he believes in what we're doing. He's seen the players that we're signing, the performances that we've got, the fans coming back, and I, I, I hope believes in in what we're doing. So, um, very, very good news. Obviously, we might as well talk about it while he's there as well. We've got uh, Ryan Wood signed as well uh, in the last couple of hours. Um, a bit more championship experience, which I think is good. Um, you know, we've signed a lot of a lot of players from you know overseas um, that that maybe after well they're acclimatizing quite quickly by the look of things, but. The one of the probably justifiable, you know, this isn't a perfect transfer window because we don't have the necessary championship experience other than Suri and um, Suri Baxter and Figueredo, if I'm right. Um, but obviously, Ryan Woods comes in, he's been in the championship for over 250 games, is it? Uh, mm-hmm. brings us, you know, a, a bit more experience in the middle, another good um rotation option for that midfield position. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not going to pretend that I know loads about him. I, I the last time I remember seeing Ryan Woods play and effectively uh, was at Brentford, um, and he was very good at Brentford. <clears throat> uh, was tip for tip for big things when he was at Brentford. Uh, I don't think he's he, pulled up many trees since. He's then, essentially but... a clone of Stephen Quinn. Ah, hmm. so we've got a Woody Esther. Well, every time we get promoted, we have a, a red-haired midfielder because we've had um, Quinn, Clucas. Doherty and now hopefully Ryan Woods in midfield. Mm. So that's a good we sign. Just, we just need an angry Irish centre back as well, and the yes. band's back together. Mm-hmm. Um, well, isn't McLaughlin Irish? He's blonde. He's not angry though, is he? He's not. not, no, he's not, he's he's not, not. Macker. He's not Macker. I, 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 I wouldn't go into a. I wouldn't receive a challenge from McLaughlin and think, oh, he's going, he's going to try and break my well, legs here. McShane, at this rate, at this rate, McShane will be playing first team for Man United. Yeah, right. So, um, we'll go on to obviously, uh, the, the, the first game that we'll review, which is what was, was the Norwich game. Um, recently relegated team, uh, from the Premier League, you know, still got a lot of Premier League quality players in there. You know, like Pookie, Campwell, um, Kieran Dowell, players like that. They, they've got a, a, a vast array of Premier League quality, but it doesn't seem to be clicking for them. And it started off, um, you know, we could have been two or three down within the first 10, 15 minutes of the game. Uh, but we grew into it, uh, became a bit stronger. And I think when we went one up, we didn't really look back. Um, is, is that an assessment you'd agree with, Joel? You was there? Yeah, I'd agree with that. We, what we did is we just set out to frustrate Norwich, really. We sat back, took the pressure and got forward whenever we could. And I'd say from the middle of the game was when we had the better of it. Um Norwich definitely had the stronger start and the stronger finish. We just had to hold out. Ingram saved us. So I think without Ingram, they would have gone one, two, maybe even three nil up within the te- first 10 minutes. So I think we did our job. And I'm allowed to say, Bernie Man is still adapting to the league, got it right. So let's hope he can keep getting it right. Mm. I think um, that's uh, Gabe Sutton asked earlier. And it's, I think one of the things that, is 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 good about shot at the moment and and maybe a question that we've asked as well on the pod before is whether or not he has um you know that that tactical depth about him to to be able to adapt to the team game by game in the championship which is so different and still manage to get out results but considering he's got what 13 14 players injured and um, that's it yeah, he's got the tactical still... depth, but he's not got the squad depth. But this is yeah. mm-hmm. But I would agree that that's showing it. That is showing his tactical depth because he is like the biggest ever criticism I had of McCann was that he he wouldn't change a system. 
to get the best out of the players he had at his disposal. He would play the same system all the time and then just hope that it worked. That reactive nature in a manager, I don't think is ever ever any good. Whereas Shotter, I don't know if you guys agree, I think is showing that, you know, that switch to the 4-2-3-1-4-3-3 variation, whatever you want to call it, with Jones dropping into midfield, which to be honest, I, I, I asked for, I'm going to take claim on that, um, is is has been has worked. Um I think a lot of people probably would have said no, stick with the three at the back, but he went obviously with the four, and since then we've what beaten Norwich and, and, and taken a, a great point away from Burnley. Do you, do you think that's the kind of decisions that's that's going to help endear him to the fans, Nathaniel? Do you think he's got he's, he's proving how good a manager he is at the minute? Um, I mean, this might be a bit controversial, and I do rate him because he's done a good job. Um, but I do feel like the change to the other formation like McCann last season was injury forced because um Say was injured and he didn't want to play Cannon, so that's why Jones went into midfield. But then, you know, that's obviously worked. And um I think it's a shame really because uh I haven't necessarily liked the fact that we've gone so defensive in the last twenty minutes of the last two games, especially against against Norwich. And Norwich was slightly different because we were tuning up, so you would do that. But then again, we don't have the players to play a different way. The new signings can't do 90 minutes yet, so you have to take two for off, opinion off, and then we get a lot weaker with the bench players that, you know, have done a very good shift in the last two games, and we haven't conceded in those last minutes when we've been hanging on yet. But it's just a shame that we can't really keep going tactically the same. We've moved back to 5-4-1. Um, which you know, fortunately, it's it's worked. But he hasn't got another option. Um, but yeah, yeah. If, if he stays with four three three, I think that's what I thought we were going to be playing the season anyway, because that's what he did in Turkey. So I think yeah, from you know the results, the last two results, we should stick with that. And uh, yeah, that will endear him because um, he's changed formation quicker uh, than McCann ever did. I think we're more likely to keep him seeing the 4-3-3 throughout the game once a lot of the injuries are played, you said, because yeah. I think the reason he changed so defensively is because of the options he had. Mm-hmm. I think if it was all the new lads were available, he'd probably be stay on the course and keep trying to attack. Yeah, at least for a little bit longer, yeah. Isn't it funny, I mean, obviously, Anne, you'll remember it more from those early episodes when Joel wasn't ever appearing, um, that... Isn't it funny how we always ranted about how we wanted McCann to stop doing 4-3-3 and start playing a back yeah, five? Yeah. And now we're getting to the point where it's like, I want him to play a 4-3-3, not a back five. Well, we've got the players 4-3-3 now, haven't we? Whereas we never did. It's just McCann. weird how it's changed in like 18 months. Yeah, we've come like full circle. You yeah. compare Estepinian to McGinnis. Grant, sort of Grant McCann's currently sat somewhere outside of London just looking at us play 4-3-3 and go... What? Oh, now they like it. <laughs> yeah, like why are they asking for him? But yeah, it's, it, it is it is that obvious thing, isn't it? Where obviously McCann's options in the four three three were were far less, I think, offensive than, than than what. Um, I'm trying to be um a bit more kinder to the players that we had. No. Um, a, a bit more quality in the side now than there was back then. Yeah. And I think the best thing about this side now is it has the versatility. I think to play many different formations depending on what we need. Um, I, I mean, the thing was, he said pre-season, didn't he, that he wanted to play the three, three at the back system that we was that we started the season with, mm. and I actually disagree that this formation change was forced because he had the personnel to remain playing three at the back if he wanted to. He could have put Alfie Jones in midfield and played McLaughlin in the back three. 
So yeah, you know you, you you've got you've got the options there to play the three at the back if he wanted to. I just think he's seen the the, the group of players he's had and gone. Do you know he's what? A genius. Like, then. Yeah, in the Preston game, we did look quite. We we didn't really offer much in terms of an offensive threat. We were very solid, like you say. We've 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 been a bit more uh, defensive at the beginning of the season. But then I would also, I mean, you guys know as, as, as much as any, I'm more reactionary than, than, than most. I want to see us attacking. I want to see us have chances. Um, but when, when we're not having much, many shots and, and, and then, you know, kind of under the cost, you just feel like at some point, you know, that pressure is going to tell and, and we're going to be coming away from games thinking. Because to me, it's, you know, having having three shots on target across 90 minutes is a positive if you take a draw. But then if we go two games on from here with the same stats, we'd be like, you know, why are we having more shots kind of thing? So it's still a reasonable criticism, but obviously, yeah, we were against Burnley. But to me, it's, it's you know, that I can understand why he's being more solid at the minute because the big tell of Shotter last season, I think, was that he made us harder to score against um, than, than McCandid. He didn't seem a lot more organised. Um, we, we were very, you know, in, in terms of defensive uh, fashion, we, 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 we pack out our box. We don't let them have much space and we don't let them have many clear-cut chances, uh, which I think is obviously the... Um, uh, <laughs> the I've just seen the comments. Sorry, it's distracted me. Uh, I'm going to put this up now because it's, it's ruining mid-flow. So Rich Anderson, who was doing the fundraiser for Andy's Man Club, by the way, is, uh, will someone ask Will what he thinks of the weather? Um, well, it's a nice light <laughs> cloud outside with a gentle breeze. Um, it's getting a bit dark at this time of the night. Uh, I think temperatures are down to about 15 degrees, but it should be a nice night. <laughs> so um, for anyone that missed it, if you watch the Michael Turner episode, you'll know what he's on about. Um, Turner had some technical difficulties um, right at the start you, of the episode. You abandoned me, you bastard. And, and I had to go and call him, so I, I kind of muted my mic, turned my camera off, and just left Will um, solo, and he tried to wing it and just ended up talking about the weather. It was quite funny. Go watch it if you haven't. It's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, like I was saying, so I think we had to be, given the opposition we've played at the beginning of the season, you know, the home game against Bristol City, we had a lot of shots and we actually looked really, really good, barring, mm. you know, maybe the, the first 20 minutes of the game. We actually did the look quite offensive. Yeah. And then the Preston game was quite poor, uh, but it's away from home. So understand, I, I, I wouldn't mind us playing that way away from home, realistically. The Burnley game, it, I think, was the perfect away performance, possibly. Because we had yeah. the chances, didn't we? Yeah. We just didn't have much of the ball. Do we, do we think then that this... Uh, where am I going with it, really? So this current style, then, do we think that this is going to be the way we play this season? Or do we think we're just waiting literally for all the signings to come in, all the players to come back, and then we can start seeing some a bit more um, free-flowing, attacking, entertaining football, whatever you want to refer um, to? Uh, hard to say. It's working at the moment, so you can't really argue with doing it. Hmm. Will change. Um, well, I imagine we'll be more offensive when those signings arrive. Well, I think Preston yeah. was just a poor performance. They weren't expecting to not have that much of the ball. And then against Norwich and Burnley, the relegated teams this season have already had lots of possession because, um, you know, the parachute payments, that sort of thing. They've been able to keep their squad and sign players. So that is going to happen, especially away from home against Burnley. Um, so, yeah, if in... Uh, if we play exactly like that against Coventry or in a few weeks when players are back and we have those bench options as well um, to, you know, keep that tactics, you know, that, that system going forward later in the game. If we're still doing about 30% possession against Coventry or Rotherham or something, I think that'd be a, a bit worrying. Of course, you can 
win the league like that if you just win the games. But uh, you don't really want to be putting your team under pressure with the other team peppering your goal for the last 20 minutes every time. So, um, but I think, you know, it works you know, as a game plan against these bigger teams perfectly well. And it has worked. We've done, you know, four points from six is extremely, extremely good. Yeah. When, you, when your home games draw you away, that's, you know, it's a right. promotion yeah. form, isn't it? Um, you know, four and beating that. Like, I think I saw a stat earlier. It, it took us 11 games last season to get to the points total that we're at now. So it was, it was October 2nd, I think it was, against... Yeah. Middlesbrough, I think it was, yeah. when we got to that no, point. So I, think, I think we won the first game, didn't we, against Preston, then didn't score for about seven games. Sheffield <laughs> United was our next goal. Yeah, yeah. That we was lost like that one five or six one. games. I think, we're unbeaten in, I think we're unbeaten in six at home now as well, going back to last season. Yeah. Yeah, we will be with Reading Forest. Reading Forest. Uh, Swansea. No, Swansea was January. I Cardiff was five. Cardiff. It's two games uh, this season and it was two wins and a draw yeah. at the end of last Swan, season. Swan, so five Swansea games. at home was Shotter's first game in charge. because Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, so we'll go back on to Norwich game then. So the things that were good, uh, Oscar, Stupinion, um, you know, when when your strikers don't get your first goal after quite a while, it's quite worrying, but he's got two now. He's off the mark. Uh, they weren't uh, thunder bastards by any... It was strikers uh, goals. Exactly. Poacher they goals. They were... They were very, very much poacher goals. They were uh, Abel Hernandez so, goals. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the kind of striker that we've been missing the last few years. We haven't had a, a striker that that persistently annoys the defenders, that Since is in Campbell, the right place maybe. at the right time. Yeah, that kind of striker that that can pick up the ugly goals that we weren't getting. Um, and, and those two goals, I think, you know, right place, right time. Perfect kind of strike of this league. You'll get 10 15 in this league with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what's your thoughts on um, Estepinion, Jolly? Are you a fan? Yeah, I think he'll only get better as well as he grows into it a bit more. He's still learning the language, so communication might not be the greatest yet at the moment. But once he picks that up, fits into the team a bit better, gets to know the players that are already here, he'll be, he'll be flying. Yeah. He's goals, not even made. I could say uh, again this season. Yeah. He's, he's not even on. done ninety minutes. He's not even done ninety minutes yet. I don't think two fan or some others have yet. So, yeah, uh, they're already good now, and they should get better. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it'd be interesting to see um, how Tete finishes uh, fits into the squad too, because he's obviously a, a through the middle striker, but doing fairly well out on the wing at the minute. Um, well, to be fair, if, like, if he played a lot of stuff like that, he does play out on the wing. Oh, does he? Yeah. Yeah. He's fast as well, so it does suit him. Yeah. And um, I was going to save it, obviously, for the Burnley one as well, but Ozan too found another great performance. Um, you know, definitely not what the... the Dan Goslin in the mode. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll go into more detail for him for the Burnley game, obviously, because he was superb in that one. But uh, Alfie Jones then. So I think probably maybe the most underrated player in the City squad at the minute. Um consistently um, puts in at least a seven every game, I think, no matter where he's at centre-back or, or midfield. I think centre-back, he is um, he gets pulled out of position a bit too often because he's tempted to obviously press him like he does as a midfielder, but perfect for that number six role, I think. To think, when I was saying before the season started, oh, we should play Jones and you were saying McLaughlin. Yeah, but I wanted him in midfield. Which is but where he's playing now. There. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? But you see, it's, we've got so many now options in that midfield. When everybody's fit, 
look at the rotation options that we've got um, for for pretty much every position. You know, especially when the new signings come in. If we get um, Halil Devis Soglu, whatever you Devis Sholu, Devis Sholu, okay, um, and Salah, uh, Salah, oh, oh, lad, me, me, toe, whatever it's called. Fuck's sake. <laughs> whatever joke you want to make on that one. We've got so many more options coming in, and they've got the likes of Slater, who's been, again, another one who's been consistently brilliant since the start of the season. Alfie Jones, who can play midfield or at, at the back, wherever we need him. And you've got Sari, two fan. You've just got so many more options. And I just think that eventually when the squad, squad clicks, especially in the offensive sense, when we get all the, you know, Aliar and that don't, back, who's going to be a miss. Don't forget about, don't forget about 50 grand. I mentioned Slayer. I'm sorry, I'm still high off Greaves. Pay attention. So so if we're playing 4-3-3 and, you know, title winner Seri will obviously play, won't he? And you wouldn't drop Slater or Tufan. No, that's uh, midfield three. Would, yeah, but would you... I suppose you're, we're playing Jones over Figueredo then. I don't think you can because Figueredo's had a good start of the season. This is where it yeah. gets tricky. Because everyone's having I mean, a good start. That's a good dilemma to have. Yeah. Um, but you want Figueredo's no nonsense. Well, that's the thing. Figueredo's very different. He's no nonsense experienced, and Jones is the Rolls Royce, isn't he? So just maybe different games. If it's like a home game, you want to be on the ball, play Jones, and a tough away game where you're going to be under the cosh, you'd play Figueredo, maybe. Well, I just like the, I just like the, the the idea of natural rotation. You know, the, the championship's a long season. We've got the cup games to come back in January and that. We're going to have injuries. We're going to have suspensions. Players are going to be a bit more leggy after games sometimes. But we've now got a decent... You want two good players for every position as a minimum, really. If you want, you know, the, to, to be challenging at the higher ends of division yeah. and being successful. That's 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 your format. Um, so to me, we're, we're pretty much there. Maybe not in the right-back sense of things. You know, maybe... Uh, Randall Hopefully Williams. soon could play there you know, kind of long run because we, it's just we don't know about Josh Emmanuel I'd rather him not play as a traditional right back maybe if we did the wing back system again that'd be okay but not as a mm. right back um, but it, yeah it's, it, it's that thing now because people are saying oh well you can't drop this guy you can't drop this guy well why can't you just rotate them game by game whoever's playing well, obviously if, having the five what? subs as well I think is a massive help yeah oh yeah because you, you can you can now change the game on a massive scale. Yeah, you can change the whole system, on, really. Yeah, you, you if if you're trying Twice. to hold on to a lead or you're trying to, you know, you're, you're looking for a goal, you've now got so many more options now to try and look for that goal or to try and hold on to that lead. And um, at the minute, we've not quite got the quality coming yeah. off of the bench. I think we I made think... the joke we, in the chat that the, the, the four that came off and the four that came on, the, the, the drop that we had <laughs> was quite substantial. Yeah, yeah. what so what was it? We swapped um Estepinion, Tete, Tufan and Aliar for Randall Williams, Malik Wilkes, Andy Cannon, Coville. and yeah, Vaughan Coville. Yeah, so that I, is a big it, drop, isn't it? Yeah, so obviously when, when we when we get our squad players coming back, um it's it's gonna be quite a, a handy squad. And if you think we are where we are right now, you know, it gets you a bit more optimistic for where we could be. Have, have you guys sort of changed your um, opinions on where we could end up being this season? Have you changed your aims or your expectations yet, or are you trying to keep yourselves levelled? Not yet. I'll, I'll change it after 10 games. I mean, yeah, maybe... I said 11th. Maybe I'm thinking 9th. Um, but that's not much, so, yeah. Uh, our, our squad, our squad, 
um, on paper, with the new signs coming in, will be very strong um, if they all play to the best of their ability. Um, of course, some of them might not fit um, into the system or have injuries or not like playing in, in England. But the squad, I always believed in the squad being very good. But um, at the moment, we're seeing no reason why they can't grow into a really strong team. But it is just too early to tell, really. Um, but after 10 games, hopefully we, we continue to pick up points and we'll be more confident then. Just a, just a little comment for Nathaniel here. Um, please drink Well, I muted it. Yeah, the, the last one. Yeah. <laughs> so just, uh, you know, keep keep the viewers happy, Nathaniel. Uh, we have got a question. We'll try and get that one on. So HCC after that. Uh, so what's your thoughts on uh, Williams lately and Koval coming off the bench in most games? I think that we just pretty much covered that one, haven't we? It's It's... You see, I like Randall Williams. I just think in the grand scale of the squad, I'm he's not below a lot of sure. people. Yeah, pecking you think? Peck order-wise, I think he's quite low. Uh, what about you, Joel? What do you think about Williams, Coville, etc.? Wilkes? Williams, um, I think he should be in around the squad. Coville and Wilkes, no. <laughs> I'll get on to Coville in a minute, minute, but Malik Wilkes, why didn't we accept the bid from Sheffield Wednesday? Still I think we should because he's not good enough, not anymore. Um, does he, I does he look to... like that he wants to be here at the minute? Because I don't think he does. What did you see from him when he came off the bench, Joel? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, I he won't really have against Bradford. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. He Bradford, didn't really have well, enough just... opportunities to show anything on uh, on Tuesday. Um, but I don't think it's not best oh. for him his career to stay anyway. The one chance think, he did get, he just levered it at the keeper from a tight angle when he should have probably cross, tried to cross it. Yeah, yeah two fans was open on the edge of the area at that point. Um, but Wilkes, he just, when Burnley were on the attack, you had everyone running back, but Wilkes was just sitting on the halfway line. He wasn't defending. And we need to get back to do and that. put the bodies on the line. Hmm? He might have been told to do that, to be fair. Yeah, he might have been waiting for the counter, but it, it's, it's, it has yeah, been but a even when the ball was near him, he was just walking. Yeah, mm. it, it has been Coville, we've Yeah, Kerrville. What do you think yeah, of Kerrville? I don't think he's ready for first team football, personally. No. He's I think he needs to go to go the academy. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, well, he needs to stick in the academy for at least a year. Yeah, mm. he's, he's a first team really. player. He's not a first team player yet. He, need, he needs some experience in the academy, maybe even a loan move to League One or League Two, but he should yeah, not be anywhere near our squad when everyone's fit. Well, yeah, that's the other reason he's there is because of the injuries. Yeah, he wasn't ready for a screen squad because it wasn't like we've signed him from there uh, and he's played, you know, 40 games or, for them. I think, yeah. yeah. Um, but it'll, yeah, he'll have learned a lot from this experience. And, you know, even though he's yeah. not been amazing, hopefully this, you know, gives him some good confidence that he can get into the squad later on. What do you think the squad value is worth now the uh, amount has paid out. Uh, it was, I think you, you kind of get lost about how much well, we've actually spent. I was going to say, a lot of undisclosed fees, so we don't actually know. Yeah, well, I, know all, I know a few of them have been three or four million. I think they've all been three or four million, actually. So I, mean, yeah, so I could say nine enough. or twelve. I mean, Woods probably think, like 500 grand. Yeah, because I think that the deal that got us both too far and say administered was about eight million, I think it was in the yeah. end. It's difficult because um, a lot of them are euros as well um the the numbers we've seen but it must be um 
below 15 but above 10 i'd say um and then but then i think all the other signings we're doing from now are loans with options to buy so i guess those don't really count but then mm. and uh, of course the, um, the security the, in those yeah but then the free agent signings are never free um you have to pay their wages but uh signing on fee as well i yeah i think um this this the squad volume probably has doubled because a lot of these players are um we brought in 10 players it's going to be 14 15 soon um and i'd say pretty much all of our signings would get into um the you know starting 11 last season maybe at the start of the summer perhaps if we just signed the one of them and uh, you know there was space for them in the starting eleven, I think they probably all would. We've definitely. I mean, the, the, you look at the squads. I mean, this is something that I've I've said on on contributing to anything else when they've asked about signings and stuff. You look at our squad last season, the team that we had in League One into the Championship, even the end of this, the horrible Championship season after Bowen left. You know, we've had a when you look at it, a really thin squad. Um, we've had a lot of academy players that have been involved in it. Obviously, a lot of them have you know, flourished KLP, Greaves, Fleming, etc. But we, we've actually had maybe only a solid starting 11 and then the backups, maybe one or two on the bench that are semi-decent and then the rest of the squad's not really been first team standard. Yeah. So when we've we've lost, released the players that we did and then obviously sold Honeyman and KLP, we've actually left the squad very, very empty. So the fact that we've signed so many players kind of just fills that squad out. We're, but we're now where we should be as a club in terms of having a full squad that can rotate. Uh, but we've also replaced League One standard players, lower championship standard players, with players that have got international experience that have, have played against, you know, m- maybe even in, in various leagues in Europe kind of thing, Premier League, Championship themselves. We, we've definitely, I think, massively upgraded all of the playing personnel. I think the players that are still in the squad is just testament to how good they are, the likes of Coyle, uh, Greaves, uh, Slater, you know, th- th- these kind of players that we always knew were kind of diamonds in the rough the last couple of years, but are still there in it now. And we'll only get better now that the training with the likes of Siri and, and Tufan and, and Figueredo players are at. It, it's just, yeah, it's, it's it's an exciting time. So, yeah, with the squad, I definitely is, 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 if you were to put a price tag on many of these players, it would be multi million for most of them, especially Greaves. Now he's on a five year contract. Priceless. Yeah, I'll probably um, tell us the answer in 10 minutes. I'm going to go on transfer market. Oh, uh, no, that's It said that Jared Bowen million. was 2.4 million when we sold him for 20. So, um, you But know. it's a decent barometer. It's not. Or should, do you want me to work it out myself? I, I w- Just also, um, I wouldn't base what the people who should not be named for a good transfer fee was. Mm, well, yeah. 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 Um, so we'll move on to the Burnley game then. So um, uh, probably I think would be the hardest away day of the season. Um, I think Burnley are going to be up there in the top two <clears throat> by the end of the season. Made a lot of signings like us. Top line through the store from us. Went to them instead of us. Yeah. Um, very possession based style. They've got company in there, so he's obviously channeling what he's learned from Guardiola. It's very, it's very sideways. It's very, you know, keep possession, try and work away through um definitely a tough game but i think you know like will said the perfect away performance battling um didn't really offer much in terms of a goal threat but the one the you know the few chances we had we, we kind of made the most the, the the 
one on one with two fan was put away spectacularly. I think it's been a while since we've had a midfield. lines are, yeah. Um, so you, you was there, Joel, weren't you? So do you want to give us a, a quick summary of that game? What was it? What was it like as a fan? Uh, it was it was good. Um, we just we've had little pieces of play during that game. It just shows what type of team we can become once we've got a bit more consistency and we've played together a bit longer. And to do that at Burnley as well, get get in little passages of play there. We could go to a team like Wigan, and, and no offence to Wigan, like, but they're not Burnley, are they? So don't say that after what they've done to we us. We can go there. We can. Yeah. Could be another eight. Yeah, actually. They'll probably beat us. They'll beat us now. I said that as well, won't they? Yeah, they so keen like, will score. But um yeah, I think Will Keen won't score against us. I shouldn't have said that either. But, um, yeah, I think the the atmosphere the atmosphere, the backing of the team that our fans gave as well, it just seemed to spare them on and give them belief that they could go up against this Burnley team and run out of words to say, to say they had a lot of possession did, did they actually because from what I watched and I followed they didn't actually create that many solid chances they had and just Ingram a lot of the ball made what one yeah. save there was that one on the where he should have volleyed it with his left foot hit it with his right that was a big chance and Rodriguez scored and had another shot other than that there's like four openings maybe that I thought were really big. Yeah, there was a couple of chances like Rodriguez would have, but he didn't really have a very good effort from Plus, them. Jay Rodriguez is rubbish, so, you know, I mean, those don't really count. He scored, but I would have scored that. <laughs> the tapping. Uh, well, it's got three in the Premier League the last two seasons. <laughs> he had three goals from nine expected goals, which is very bad. He's so... definitely not as good as he used to be. Oh, yeah. He's also a lot older than he used to be. Then he did score. Yeah, um, it was it was a kind of. Be- uh, Burnley are doing trials at the minute, then, Daniel. Uh, well, yeah, I, said, I think Burnley are doing trials at the minute. Get yourself down there. Get yourself up front for him. All right. Yeah, I could I could be uh, on the bench at least. Okay. Yeah. Wearing Longman on his back. Rashley Barnes. Um, well, I, I don't think I could do that because I'm not Ryan Longman. Yeah, it's all right. I've played as a different name before. You can do it. Maybe not in professional football. <laughs> Whole league is all right, I suppose. Um, well, but I thought we kind... looked really dangerous yeah. on the ball whenever we actually had the ball, though. We didn't have as much possession, but I thought the the obviously they looked very sharp. Um, Slater, especially with his dribbling, which is not something I'd seen before from him. But um, you know, maybe I don't watch enough of the matches. Him on the ball was brilliant, and uh, yeah, we we did have a few chances on the break, so. Um, if those are the chances we can create with that little of the ball, hopefully we can create more when we've actually got it. Yeah, uh, I'll give the honours of um, praising our Turkish superstar to you then, Will, because he's been, you know... Why? He looks like you. I th- he does, well, I all right. Yeah, I've, I've, earned, I've, I've earned it now. I've shown a picture to the missus and she is kind of in agreement. Everybody else is more certain than, than me. Um, a little bit. Um... Yeah. But he's um, not. He's definitely not the player that, that Watford fans told us. There's no lazy. There's no lack of technical ability. He's 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 definitely going to be one of our most important players. I mean, to be fair to the Watford fans, they're really based on what they've seen, which is fair enough. When he was there, he didn't have a great time. 
Um, but still, Dan Gosling looks like such a fucking mug. Yeah, because he's not even. He, he played less than two fan last year, and he has the audacity to say well, two fans got a bad attitude. He's saying he played less than two fan last year. He's only played sixty-three minutes this year so far. Yeah, in a lower league, it's ridiculous. Which means he's guaranteed to bang in from thirty yards when we play them. Well, two fan will score three, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, what is it, Will? Then that, that what is it that two fan does at the minute that seems to be working for us and him? Well, firstly, he seems to the opposite of what he was at Watford. He seems to give a shit. Mm. He seems to be actually invested in, and I think that's partly probably due to Adjon and Shotter and the the Turkish connection there. Um, also, I read his interview earlier. I, was, I had a quick skim. He had an interview earlier, pre-match press conference, and he was on about how the squad's been so welcoming to him, particularly Louis Coyle. Mm. Um, and I think that's helped him massively in terms of his mentality. Uh, yeah. But on the yeah. pitch, he's just, he's like, I don't know how to describe him, to be honest. He's, I mean, he's like your Bezzy, Robert Corrin, but better in the way he plays. Mm. He just seems to have sort of like a, he just flirts around the pitch. Yeah, his, his willingness to break the lines, drop into that face on the edge of of, of their back four, is his eye for a he's pass. He's first time. Mm. Yeah. I, I just think that he's, 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 yeah, he's very similar to Corrin in the sense that he also likes to take a pop from range. Whether or not he scores as many weldies is yet to be seen. Um, but he, he definitely looks dangerous when he's shooting from range. He has got a good technique on him, I'll give him that. But I just think it's his his ability to carry the ball from defence to attack yeah. at the minute and then and then try and get the ball in behind. We didn't really have a, a, a midfielder other than Honeyman, who I still think didn't do it as often as he should have done, trying to play those passes in behind. <laughs> Um, for someone like Est Opinion to run on to, to try and get in on, on goal. And Two pounds when, when better we've got... though, I'd say. The quality yeah, he's got is any... amazing. Oh, yeah. Didn't have anybody like Est Opinion last year either. He was slipping mm. the ball through to McGuinness and Eves and players like that. Well, well I am not having this Tom Eves slander. Well, Mag- <laughs> he's like, he's like Eves Darwin Nunez, but better. He's not the sort of player you can get it along the ground to and in behind like Est Opinion, though. Zest opinion has been in behind shooting more than Eves ever did in three years. It's just a different sort of. <laughs> and you say I'm deluded for liking Longman. <laughs> I'm not being fucking serious, Nathaniel. Jesus. <laughs> but um, so two fan, I think, is going to be one of the most important players for us this season. I think if he can continue at the vein he's on, where he's creating chances, scoring goals. Uh, breaking the lines, causing issues, pulling defenders out of position as well, so that you know the likes of when they're all fit again, you know the likes of Aliata running behind and get on and, and create problems. It's going to be, we're definitely going to see more chances created per game um, than what we're seeing at the minute. Um, but I, I want, I want to also talk about Matt Ingram because I, I, even at the beginning of the season, I would have preferred to have had Baxter in goal if I had the choice of the two, but this season he has been. Absolutely phenomenal. I think I, I put a tweet out on the, the pod account earlier with some stats and he's making an average of about 5.8 saves a game, which is the highest in the league at the minute, which obviously says we're worrying. facing a lot of shots, possibly. But um, he, the, his, his, his shot to save percentage is very high. Um, he seems to be, I would say, in the best form of his whole City career. Is that something you'd agree with, Joel? Yeah, 100%. He's probably one of, if not the most undroppable player in that team at the minute. He saved us points already, and we're only four games in. Just from his shot stopping, his distribution. I mean, he's kicked the ball straight out a couple of times, but 
he's never been brilliant at like distribution anyway. That's what Bax is better at. So maybe as the season goes on and we're trying to play more offensively, Baxter would be the one to go in because Baxter can stop a shot just as good as Ingram, but his distribution's a lot better. So when we've got the likes of Cynic, Aliyah, even Adama Traore when he eventually signs, when we've got them type of players on the pitch, having Baxter in goal will probably be better. But at this moment in time, with the players we've got available, you can't drop Ingram. Is there a sense of maybe that he's a bit revitalised? Because I can I can kind of kind of see that under obviously last season it was a bit of insurity, you know, new new regime. Where's this going to go? Some players maybe not wanting to be part of that, whereas some do. Maybe you know a bit of a disbanded dressing room thing towards the end. But beginning of this season, it seems like the fans are back together, the clubs back together, owners in the pub with the fans before the game, and he's got new, new signings are all bedding in. Louis Coyle's taking two Phantom Arena for a, for an Ask Italian. Uh, you've got all all of the. All of the players seem to be together and and in the same direction. And I think maybe Ingram now, after signing that contract and committing to it, it's maybe got a bit of relief thinking, this was definitely the right decision. Uh, I want to be here for this. This club's going places. And that there is automatically, you know, sort of spared on his his performance an extra couple of gears. Um, Probably maybe the same for the likes of Coyle. Uh, Will, would you agree? Louis Coyle, again, another maybe underrated player that's, it's been fantastic this season, not really put a foot wrong. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I've given him the captaincy, he's done him the world of good, quite frankly. Um, and because he doesn't leave anything on the pitch, does he? He just he gives everything every single game. And I think he enjoys being the leader more than uh, he feels like a better fit as captain than Smallwood did. And I thought Smallwood was a good captain, to be fair. But I feel Coyle, because he's the hometown lad as well. As an extra dimension to it. And I feel like uh, this sounds a little bit. I feel like what's happened with his dad has probably pushed him on further a bit as well. Yeah, a bit of sentimentality in his performance. Yeah. All the interviews he's done, he comes across really well, really determined. And I think, yeah, his dad obviously has had a huge part of his life. And, um, you know, seemingly that family's got a fantastic attitude. If, you know, all those um, brothers are um, amazing sports people um, in boxing. And I think Kyle's younger brother is also a footballer at some academy, maybe. So He is, yes. Oh, is he? Right. Well, yeah. So obviously um, they've got the right attitude there. And... um, I think he's passing that on. Um, you know, his dad's legacy is going to live on through Louis and he's the captain. He's going to be telling these people, yeah, what you said earlier about Tufan, um, you know, and I think I think Estepinian might have said the same earlier as well, that Cole's been important um, um, in, you know, helping him settle in. So, yeah, I think it, it's brilliant. And um, uh, I think one thing I was going to mention about Ingram earlier was just that last season he, he was the... Um, starting goalkeeper um, and then it, maybe with that surprise that Baxter came in above them even though he's playing well he knows that Baxter's there waiting for him and he's got that competition so I think that's uh, pushed him on now and he's hoping this because Baxter's injured um, if he plays well then he'll stay as the starting goalkeeper even with Baxter back I think yeah. Ingram and Baxter push each other and yeah. they're better, easy. And they, know, they definitely do. They I can't argue with either of them being in the squad. 
Yeah, I think Baxter said it himself. He said that they both they both got a really good relationship. They have a they have a good laugh on the training ground and stuff, and they both know full well that the other one could quite easily be the number one goalkeeper. You know, any any different moment kind of thing, and so that then automatically pushes themselves up another couple of gears because they want to be the one that's chosen every week, and and that's only a good thing because it's very rare you have two goalkeepers of similar ability like that. Um, because you could argue at the minute it could be a little bit complacent because there is no Baxter because he's injured. Um, there's only Lur, Tatala, and Robson, I think, in there at the minute that we we could um, call upon if if it wasn't Ingram. So you oh, know, Baxter, he's, he's... Baxter, was Baxter was on the bench. Early game. Is he? Is he back? Yeah, he was back for the early game. Oh, that's interesting then. So he might. I hadn't noticed that. That's good. Uh, yeah. So obviously, well, Baxter coming back's very good. Um, you've got a few of them coming back, I think, haven't we? Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll look at the season so far then. So we're eight points from twelve. We are unbeaten in four. Um, which the last time that happened was January last season, was it? Uh, when we, well, when McCann left and Shaw came in. It'll be McCann's um, Yeah, no, that run where we beat Burnley, Bournemouth, Swansea. Well, we won three in a row, but we didn't win the next one. Did so it would have been the sixth uh, game unbeaten run in November when we changed formation, I think. Yeah. Uh, very solid start to the season then. Do we think, uh, would, would you expect in this point haul from the games, Nathaniel? Uh, well, no. I mean, I thought, yeah, four points from six out of the first two games um, was, you know, achievable without all the injuries we had because I was confident in the squad. But then I thought, yeah, I, with the injuries, looking at it um, just before the Bristol game, I thought we probably wouldn't get anything from Norwich or Burnley. But, you know, to be second at this point, obviously we're only four games in, but some teams who are pushing for promotion haven't, uh, you know, aren't second, obviously. So we're doing better than them now. And the thing is to keep going as you are. Um, we've set down a huge benchmark. Um, I think, you know, those two games against Norwich and Burnley, even though perhaps not been the best performances in the league. Those are obviously the two standout sort of, or at least the Norwich win as well, standout sort of benchmark performances any team has laid down. Um, So other teams will start to take notice now, um, which is a shame perhaps because they might play better against us. But yeah, I would have taken four points from four. Eight points is just fantastic. Um, Mm. And long may it continue. Definitely giving us a good solid base um, to end this. <clears throat> Rather, well, what we what we assumed was well, it is a tough run of fixtures still into it. We were definitely battling in those games, but if we come out of the, the even the next set of games with with you know between 10 15 points, I think that's been an amazing start to the season. And obviously, that brings us up to who we've got next, and that's West Brom away. Um, not started the season very well, obviously, former Brucey. Tigers manager Brucey. Uh, not had the best few years of his career, has he? Um, Given you know Newcastle and then on to West Brom, who were, who were also struggling, are yet to win this season. Um, we all you see the kind of thing is is I, I think we could be quite confident going into the West Brom game away, but um, which uh, means we'll a lose. Slight, a slight City um, tendency to give points to those who desperately need it is is lingering in the background for me. Oh yeah, um, it would be very typical of us to be the first team for West Brom to beat, probably say- like three 0 it Save has Bruce's typical job. City written all over it. Yeah, uh, it could be one of those games. Uh, you're going to it, Joel. What are you expecting? It's going to be a lot harder than I think a lot of us are thinking. Because the, the, the squad that West Brom have got, 
they're well capable of being up there. So all it's got to take is one match, click, and that's it. They're going. So let's just hope it's not against us. Um, I'd take a point. 100% percent oh, take yeah. a point right now if you're offered. But um, we do have the ability to get all three, but we can't be too overconfident with it. Mm. I mean, I'd love to be sentimental and give Steve Bruce a nice lift, but I honestly hope we make his situation even worse. Sorry, West Bruce. Brom nah, it would be in 4-0. Don't care West if Bruce or probably, not. West Brom fans probably want us to win too, because I, I, I yeah. think majority of their fan base want him gone and if he beats us it probably saves his job I think if we beat him it, it probably is the end of his job I would imagine um, that would be quite yeah, yeah but it's given I, last season I'll have a lot of the ball the again day. it'll be very similar to the Burnley Norwich games I think so I'm going to predict a, another draw um, which I'd take but I, yeah I do think it'll be difficult but uh, yeah another draw could could be a good thing and um, you know we're missing Aliar but hopefully we've still got enough to create on the counter-attack. Um, and, I mean, in a way, I know everyone will hate this because I love Alia and I think he's great, but we've not yet seen his end product, really. So I guess we're not going to miss his, you know, goal threat, um, which is one thing. Um, but uh, hopefully Williams has still got that same energy. Um, yeah, I think it'll be another, it will be tough. Him. Yeah. I mean, Brando I Williams. think the thing is with, with, with Alia is he's played so many different positions for us since signing that he's probably not actually gotten into his full groove yet because he, oh, yeah. he still is not aware what role he's got in his... In he's his played team. striker with no service. Then he's played left wing back, which is left wing back. And no, now he's, he's only right had game. two games at right wing where yeah. we've had 30% possession. So, yeah. Yeah. so we're still yet to see the best of him. And I, I do think, I, hopefully, quick recovery from when he comes back, he's just as good. Um, anyone watching, by the way, we have got 14 live viewers. So if any of you want to stick your score predictions on too, feel free, because we can stick your comments up on the on the screen, if you've seen um, your, uh, what you think we, we can get from West Brom. Um, yeah, the team selection, I think, is going to be a tough one because the, the options that we've got to come in. Isn't Longman available? Did I see a tweet saying they Longman's back? Will, Schotter will have a look to see how fit he is, um, but I don't think he'll be starting. I think he'll be fit playing for commentary. Mm. So Maybe realistically, as we know, so going off the Burnley game, um, with Aliar coming off injured, you're realistically only going to play either Williams or Wilkes there. Um, Williams then. Yeah, I, I thought it'd be a unanimous. We can't, for, uh, we can't start Wilkes. Yeah, Williams are just saying. Williams well, I, and Ali are similar, more similar books. Is more of a like kind of inverted like, winger. From what I saw, Randall Williams before he got injured when he came into the squad last season, he looked pretty decent. And I think he's just had one of those whole city careers that, that's happened all too often lately, where it's yeah. just blighted by injury. And we've probably not seen what he can actually offer us. And if he gets a good run of games, you don't know. You might actually see somebody that's actually going to, you know, compete for some of those. He positions won't get a good run. Him. No, he won't get a good run. It's it's unlikely. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those things where he's got a chance. He's got to take it, and he, um, you know, which was my, which was why I was so annoyed at the Bradford game. Is that you know you're playing the, the squad players um, that realistically aren't going to be starting games, but in those games you should be putting absolutely everything on on the plate and giving your manager something to think about in the league games. Going actually, do you know what? He's pretty decent. Some of the performances that we've seen, it's just like, you know, 
that they're happy being in the role that they're in. And, but I, I do think that Randall Williams is one of those players who still, even though in the, in those games, does 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 try and give his best. Um, so we've got a couple of score predictions actually. Two uh, one City, another win would be absolutely fantastic. Um, got one from Ian nil nil. That's very reasonable, I'd um, say. Another clean sheet would take that. Joel doesn't want to see that on his travels. Uh, Gabe Ramirez one nil City. Estepinion. Yeah, it would be nice for him to get another. I think he's actually like third in the league for goal contributions at the minute because he's got two goals and an assist. I'm sure I saw on foot mob he's third. Um, considering, yeah, you know, like, we've not seen, the, not seen the best of him yet and he's, he's contributing goals on at all angles. Um, so team predictions then. Um, there's probably not much that we can actually say. Um, well, I guess the only thing is Woods or maybe Sal- we have not talked about Salah. Should we talk about Salah? He's not officially signed yet. Yes, but, but that's do. that. He's had a, having a medical today, though, so that will probably. I don't think he'll be starting though. If he does get in the squad, no. but he's not no. signed. I mean, I mean, you'll have the one change, and it'll be Aliar out for Randall Williams. D- does anyone want to try saying his full name? I'll have to um, that's that is that, that's a no. Salah, Bullard, and Hand. Well, I'm not. I'm confused yeah, as, Salah, to, Salah, as to the Salah. order. His second name Salah is definitely Salah Adin. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's Salah, the Let Arsenal number ten. I'll and uh, you know, looking at YouTube, he looks like yeah. an exciting player. But that's just YouTube. Um, but I think the main compliment why we should be excited is because Arteta didn't want him to go, and he's been on the bench nine times for Arsenal, and even though he's not played. You don't go on the bench for a big Premier League club if they don't, you know, if, if they don't want you to be playing, then you wouldn't. Um, and exactly, Arsenal fans are very upset that he's gone with an, ob- uh, an option to buy. So I think it could be good business. But then again, I was going to say when you were mentioning that we have five subs allowed, we're going to need that because the amount of attacking players we have, not a, a lot of them are going to be very up- upset they're not playing. Um if we only had the three subs. So, um, yeah, rotation's going to be very exciting. And I think mm. you'll add to that. Yeah, I mean, so what What was all your feelings then when you first read that article? Because for me, it was first, it was a little bit underwhelming because, you know, this kind of, you, you get you get a few names popping in your head when you think, you know, oh, mystery number 10 from the Premier League kind of thing. Yeah, um, I just personally didn't, well, maybe not quite to that scale. Uh, but maybe a, a Jamal Lowe or somebody like yeah. that. Uh, the, yeah. the thing is, <laughs> he's a youngster that, that nobody realistically knew anything about. Um, but like we say, the reaction from the Arsenal fans kind of suggests that we've pulled off kind of a coup here. And the fact that they've worked on it for months suggests to me that Ajahn knows how good this lad's going to be. Um, and It's underwhelming he's, by I think himself. He's come from our Dutch lad, uh, what's he called? Our Dutch Van, assistant manager. Van that's Van der Beek. He is. Van der Beek. Oh, Van der Heck. Well, it's. I mean, yeah, because Beek. he is Dutch. Yeah. And he's worked with him before. So I think it's come through him. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the Arsenal fans were saying they expected him to go on loan to Holland. And so probably sounds mm. like you're on the right path there, Will. Um, I think it's come... underwhelming if he was the only attacking player we're bringing in. But him, Pelkas. And Dervisholo, if we did get all three as a combination, that's that's much more 
exciting. Yeah, I mean the potential. The th- the, the thing is, this lad could be. You know, one of those really young players that comes down to the championship kind of sets it alight um, and is worth 20, 30 million in a couple of seasons kind of thing. 45, he's, like he's, Morgan Gibbs-White, yeah. Yeah, because he's only, he's only 18. So if he's as good as, you know, the Arsenal fans uh, are kind of making out at the minute and he can get into the, the swing of, of quite a physical and, and demanding championship, then, um, you know, it's, it, it definitely will be a worthy investment. It just depends how much we're paying. Yeah, for you're, you're hoping he's like a Harry Wilson, aren't you? Let's be honest. Yeah, because yeah, we didn't. He'd never played professional football before, and he came in and he was immediately. Well, he he sort of made put Bowen on the bench that he was that good. Um, it's mental to think at one point we had both Harry Wilson and Jared Bowen on the wings. Yeah, yeah, back. but we didn't because Bowen that second half of the Angry season Sicky. didn't really do very well. It was Kuziki and. And Wilson, really, which was even more amazing. But yeah, but like the, I remember Hopefully that 4-3 like against Norwich. That 4-3 against Norwich, it was then, it was Bowen, Grisicki and Wilson played and James Madison was playing for Norwich. And, yeah. <laughs> Goals amazing. everywhere. Um, but yeah, like we say, we've got these signings coming in. It's, it's going to be more rotation in an attacking sense. Um, I just thought that, uh, it, you know, the initial, with it being touted for so long as this mystery number 10 uh Premier League player would have been maybe more, you know, a more established name. But like we say, if it's an investment for the future, then uh, let's come back up again. Um, then it's something worth doing because we are, but we have got quite a young squad. I think we've got, I think it's the second youngest squad in the league, average age of 24 yeah, years yeah, old. Yeah, and Blackburn, I think it is. And it was lower than Blackburn before we sent Smith and Cartwright out on loan, mm-hmm. um, which then rose it a bit. Because uh, if you sign Salah, Dervisholu, they're young. Maybe in Gakia, he's young. Yeah, so that'll put it back up then as well. He's twenty-eight. Oh, yeah. yeah, I forgot about the Ingakia. Um, well, that's that still kind of, happening. Or, a bit, or not? Yeah. Oh yeah. uh, well, I think we've. Uh, yeah, because we are a bit light on the right, right hand side, aren't we? Because you need two good players yeah, in each he, position. He, we just have one. Yeah, yeah, Emmanuel. I don't know what's happening with Emmanuel. I'm just but assuming he he's not like going to play, but we just don't know. If they've been more communicate, uh, if Shotter just said, Oh, yeah, he's out for the moment, but he'll be back in a few months, okay, but we don't know that yet. I don't even think they know. Um, yeah, so it's an odd one because yeah. hopefully he's back because he's I think got it's more odd that there's been pictures of him training since like towards the end of last season he were on an exercise bike and then he's been pictured in training gear running with all the lads in in pre-season and stuff but he just hasn't been involved in a footballing sense mm-hmm. so it is it is quite an odd one um I, I imagine they'll they'll communicate something towards us when when it when the time's right kind of thing so it's obviously something that um he's either expressed himself or family or something have said that they don't really want to get out there but it is definitely an odd one and it is a big miss i think because emmanuel's um very, very good. I think we missed him last season, definitely towards the end. Um, when uh, when Longman's form fell off a cliff, we could have done with him in the wing-back position. Uh, but, you know, speedy recover to him. Hope he's back soon. Uh, but we definitely need cover in that sense until he is back, um, in my opinion. Uh, maybe another centre-half, or are we being a bit too greedy? No, no, we need need I think we're all right defensively now. Yeah. No, we need another centre-half, because if we do need to go back to a back three, then we've only got four centre-halves, one injury, and we're stuck with the same back line. We need just one more. Could I always recall Andy Smith? 
Yeah. Now we need someone. We need someone more experienced. Yeah. The problem is, if you want someone more experienced, they'll want to play regularly. Yeah. That's the thing. Not necessarily. Because yeah, well, the thing is, isn't it? You you've got McLaughlin, who was very very good last season. Um, if you signed Figueredo, who I absolutely love, his no nonsense uh, approach to the game. A couple of slips against Burnley, which was a uh, quite funny. Uh, it wouldn't have been funny if we conceded from him, obviously. But uh, Greaves, who's phenomenal. <laughs> uh, Greaves, who's phenomenal, and then uh, Alfie Jones, who can play there as well. Um, if you bring in another another player who's who's you know first eleven standard, then yeah, you've got who's going to sign. There. Who's going to sign as a fifth defensive, you know, a fifth centre back when you're already playing in a four at the back? I don't know whether you'd, ne- you'd need to sign a, you know, a younger one. But we've already got that, and we sent him out on loan. So I, I reckon Andy Smith. I think just it that. makes more sense to use younger player personally. Yeah, I think Smith's been sent out on loan to play while he can, and then if we need him, we can recall him. Can't we? He's only across the bridge, probably still yeah. living all travelling over. But you know, <laughs> or alternatively, that. Paul McShane, Paul McShane, yes. <laughs> or Where is he now? And he retired. Manchester United. He's, he's not United, United anymore, I don't think. Oh. He's a United he's a taken his position. I think Huddleston took his position. Was that under 23s, but wasn't Huddleston like under 21s? It's very complicated. Bring Bernard back. Well, I'm Bernard's actually not very... anywhere. So yeah, Bernard surprised me because I thought another championship good. would definitely have gone in for Bernard. I know West Ham mm. were were on about maybe going in for him permanently, but that obviously has never. Must well, I guess it. it's probably just something like United are so bad that they think they might need. They him. might need him. <laughs> yeah, well, also, they, to be fair, they might have signed a four foot nine centre back and 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 play him instead of a Rambo, you know. Yeah, and had him man mad Ben me. <laughs> Madness. Um, to be fair, there is still a couple of weeks of the transfer. He might still go out somewhere. To be fair to Bernard. Probably, because these loan ones do tend to be kind of later in when, when that squad is more settled and you're willing to let people out. Yeah, pretty much agreed with all of us. But Joel on that one. Uh, Joel, you're in the minority, mate. I, I, well, I, I think we probably need one. I just don't think it will happen. No, I mean, you could. The, the only yeah, the only realistic signing we can make is another loan signing like Bernard, who is maybe a bit younger and, and just wanting to get a bit of experience. It's okay playing, you know, a bit yeah. part squad player, maybe jumping in in the cup games kind of thing. But with the amount of players that were signed in, we're probably not even putting that much effort into something like that. It, the, our biggest problem last season was scoring goals, and that's what we've invested our time and effort into doing, is signing all these yeah, attacking right, players. Listen. You know, we, our defence last season wasn't really the issue. We were actually quite good defensively, if you look at the goals conceded. If if we'd have scored maybe one more goal in some of the games, we'd have been safely mid-table. We just didn't have a goal scorer other than KLP, who played left wing back for most of the season and still got twelve goals. So you know, if we'd have had a striker who could get mm. ten to fifteen goals last season, we wouldn't have even been talking about relegation. Which is the most exciting thing about this season that we've actually got goal scorers. We've got creative, yeah. much more than just Honeyman who can create goals. I'll we've put got... my life on the line here, and I will predict only four games in. Hull are not going to get relegated this season. Controversial. So Joby McEnough, maybe he's listening and he's you know just switched off. But uh, yeah, I think we'll be fine. That's far too opt- optimistic for a Hull City fan base, then, Nathaniel. Okay, we're not going to finish bottom. <laughs> That's think, more like it. Can, can I actually say, um, in terms of um, the fan base this season, I mean, I've only been to the Bristol City home game, but I've, I've heard and I've seen 
all the pictures and the videos. I just think the life on the terraces at the minute. I mean, I'm dying to get back to another game. I just want to be there again. And I think Joe Palmer on Twitter earlier put something about um, he was on his own, so he wanted to go to West Brom with somebody. I was going to go, then realised I was at work, which I'm good about. But everyone's got that bug again. They want to be back in the stands. Everyone wants to attend games, which is just, you know, the polar opposite to the last few years. It, it's It's that. And that energy that you know the kids are back in the stands again. Um, you know the concourses are full. It takes an hour to get a beer. It, it's it's back. You know the life. And the life. West Upper back. Stand for Sheffield. Yeah, the United. West Upper is open against Sheffield United, which will please about ten people on Twitter. Let's sell um, that one out. Yeah, yeah, we, we need to because uh, Sheffield United will, will be like Forest. Well, they'll be trying to get tickets in our end. Um, hopefully, a bit of revenge in that game. Uh, and hopefully we don't have Malik Wilkes marking, was it John Egan last time? <laughs> Scoring two goals from a corner. Um, but yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up everything we spoke about. Uh, Norwich, Burnley uh, coming up to West Brom. A few more signings that we're expecting to sign that we mentioned, obviously. Woods uh, signing today and Jacob Greaves extending his contract. Um, oh, there is one last thing. There's one last yeah. thing I want to say. Nigel Pearson. Right. Oh, wow. Mate. Mate. Everyone has to listen to shit refs in this league, not just Bristol City. Stop acting like it's just you. Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. Quit, if you want to quit, fucking quit. Yeah, officiating is rubbish, but uh, uh, it's even more worrying that we knew that it was terrible against Bristol City. The referee was awful. It's even more worrying that the one decision they did get right, which was our penalty, they've now changed their minds and thought that's not a penalty anymore. So, I'd like to know where these two penalties apparently Bristol should have had came from. Maybe damn ball or something, but it's just I don't know. There was nothing obvious, was there? I mean, I there, was, I rem- I, there was other, there was two other penalty shoots I remember in the game. One of them being Greaves getting hacked down and Oscar getting pushed off her. Yeah, the standard of officiating in this league has been oh, it's wang. absolutely dreadful. But for every juice. It, the, the the thing that the weird thing about Pearson and his little rant is that he seems to think it's directed at him and it's personal. We've I don't think had a single decent ref this season, and mm. there was a few questionable moments last season um, that that was very. I just think the standard of officiating in the championship at the minute is just dire. But would given how bad the refs are at the minute, then would you rather it stay the way it is, or would you take VAR? No, because VAR just gives it's just given to those same shit refs. V- VAR just takes longer to get to an even worse decision because they've <laughs> been able to look at it and they still get it wrong. It's better without VAR's football. I've been to a Premier League yeah, game rather, when VAR's it it and it's not as fun. I would rather them get the decision wrong and not have VAR to fuck over than have VAR still get the decision wrong. And, and yeah. it kills the atmosphere, doesn't it? It takes away the energy of goal scoring. It, 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 you know, every every challenge is sort of. What I should do is try and keep track of whether or not VAR would help us this season because I think at the moment, I don't know. Um, it depends maybe that whether our goal, or the goals last night were offside or not. Um, but I think at the moment with VAR, we'd be okay because that um, if the penalty for us was given, they wouldn't overturn that. So VAR, I think, would probably keep us keep that penalty and even if they tend to over 10 the tetty one they'd have probably given one of the other ones possibly yeah. uh, so the greaves one was the worst of the three nathaniel's you want to ask on that one nathaniel when you're planning on doing your preview show 
Well, I mean, it, uh, I've messaged um, a West Brom podcast and they've not replied. So unless I do one tomorrow, there won't be one. <gasps> oh, dear. I'm busy. Yeah, exactly. Well, I can oh, find another one. one. It's just that you don't want to find two and then they both come back and say, oh, can we do a preview thing? Because then I I'll say no to one of them. Because in midweek games, it kind of makes it real awkward as well. Yeah, yeah make, you can expect one a week, to, whether that's the Tuesday or the Saturday game. Yeah, it's it's tough to keep when when you do Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. It's tough to obviously do oh, a I'm tired, preview show, yeah. normal episode, preview show. There's, these, there's too much. To do. These these players aren't wrong. It is tough doing Saturday, Tuesday. I can't keep up. <laughs> and Nathaniel did the pre. Are you still in Wales? You are, right? Yeah, he's on all. I'm in Wales. He's still committed. Would you like to see Anglesey out the window? I'm all right. <laughs> he's he's done on. the preview show in tonight's episode and, and gone on a, uh, a Burnley podcast, didn't you? All, all while still in Wales. Anglesey. Just... Those audio listeners are loving that one. There. For the audio listeners, Nathaniel's opened a window and there's nothing there. Yes. Um... How dare you? <laughs> uh, don't think the ref was too bad uh, for Ian. Do you it agree, was probably Jules? better than most of them this season. It was the best one. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd say. yeah. Oh, that pretty much covers everything then. Um, a few things for me to round up before we finish. Obviously, Rich Anderson uh, commented earlier about um, Will's um, little moment on the Michael Turner episode. He does the ride to Haunty and back in three days. Uh, he's raised 354 quid so far for Andy's Man Club, which is obviously oh, our chosen charity too. Uh, so if you want to contribute to that, head over to our Twitter or Facebook. Um, we've tagged him in them posts so you can just get in touch with him there to donate if you want to he'll be doing that in our podcast away shirt which we donated to him with the obviously hashtag man and his man club on the front um the amber circle facebook group um a nice way to actually chat about city on facebook um so definitely get yourselves in there if you can do Um we've got obviously our if you're not already joined we've got the fantasy football for both the championship and the premier league it's the premier league app not the sky sports one for the premier league one by the way uh, and then gaffer if you've not seen I'll, I'll do another post um either tonight or tomorrow for the gaffer one if you've not already joined it because i didn't even know about it myself until a few weeks ago but it's the championship fantasy football it's quite decent so you can join our leagues on that one getting getting a uh, take part obviously try and beat all of us i don't think i'm doing very well in the in the Premier League one I've not checked lately, although I think I did jump up a bit. Will's up in the top two, I think. Sat all high and mighty up there. No, I'm, I'm the... fourth. Oh, is he fourth now? Oh, yeah. sorry. Top four of the league is good. Um, I'll set top four. Up... I'm normally wank <laughs> at these things. <laughs> well, enjoy it while it lasts, Will. I'm coming for you. And then um, we've obviously got um, sponsored by Six Yards Out and Pearson's Bar. Uh, and then obviously check out the link tree for the podcast shirts uh, for all of the groups for all of our sponsor websites everything like that give them a visit thank you for tuning in thanks for joining me will uh, nathaniel and for rarity joel it's nice for you to last a full episode um, yeah see you in six months yeah yeah enjoy joel's appearance while it lasts because he won't be here very uh, again for a while uh but cheers everybody Merry for joining Christmas, in everybody. <laughs> yeah uh cheers everybody for joining in uh that commented as well and all our viewers you are appreciated we've just hit over 250 subscribers i think we're nearly at 260 already so we are flying up keep those subscribers coming in um and all our audio listeners too you are appreciated don't worry um <laughs> but cheers guys and uh we will see you next time thanks for listening the Talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with three for mental health awareness week this year Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team.
With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.